We are continuing our series today called Brutiful. If you're brand new, this is your first time being on this series, I encourage you to go back into the archives. This series has been so uh, so helpful to so many people. I've been hearing so much feedback on it because the word brutiful is the combination of two words, brutal and beautiful, because life is brutal and beautiful all at the same time. But so many times we can get just focused on the brutal and forget about the beautiful. And it's difficult to find the beautiful things. And also, as followers of Jesus, we believe that no matter how brutal life is, God can make things beautiful again. So that's what this, this series is all about. Now, uh, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. So if you, 1 Kings 19, if you don't have a Bible, download version. It's a great Bible app. And you want to look for the New Living Translation. That's what I read out of. And we're going to go back to a, a passage of Scripture I preached out of a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to pull out a different part of it today. But uh, so as we look at this, this series, this, this particular message today is, was birthed at a thrift store. Yeah, I was in the middle of a thrift store, and God gave me this message. And so I punted on a message I was going to preach. And I said, no, i got to preach this one. And so I cannot wait to talk to you about, the title of my message today is Wander and Wonder. Wander and Wonder. So 1 Kings 19, let me catch you up to speed. Maybe you're new to the scriptures and you don't know much about the Bible. There's this prophet, his name is Elijah. Prophets were kind of like the preachers of their time. And Elijah, he had just had this incredible miracle and showdown on Mount Carmel against all the prophets of Baal, and they prayed to their God, no fire fell. Uh, Elijah prayed, fire fell, and then he destroyed the prophets of Baal. Incredible miracle in Scripture. And then we pick this up in 1 Kings 19 in verse 1. I I preached this a few weeks ago near the end of the story, but I want to go back to the beginning of it. And it says this in chapter 19, when Ahab got home, that's the king, he got home and he told Jezebel, the queen, everything Elijah had done, including how the, the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So uh, Jezebel, she sent this message to Elijah. She said, may, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you dead. So she's, and she's a bitter, angry woman. I don't know if you've ever been around a bitter, angry woman, but she's a bitter, angry woman. And Elijah, uh, he was afraid because she was the queen and he fled for his life. This makes sense. That's what all of us would do. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. He left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness. I'm going to preach that today about what it means to be alone in your wilderness, wandering instead of wondering uh, in the wonder of God. So he's traveling all day. He sat down under a, a broom tree, prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. He's he is having de- depressive thoughts here. He's, he's even, the prophet's having like suicidal thoughts. We don't think of that mentioned in scripture, but this is a man of God who, who's really struggling. Maybe you are there today and you're having a difficult time. It says, then he laid down, he slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him, told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there was some bread, there was some water for him, and then then he went back to sleep, and angel came again, touched him, said, get up, eat some more, the journey ahead, it's way too much for you. And (laughs) that's so true. The journey is way too much for any of us. You may think you've got it handled, you don't have it handled. Turn to somebody in your neighborhood gathering, tell them, you ain't got it handled. Okay, the journey is hard and it is long, 
for all of us. But he got up, he ate, he drank the food that was given to him. It gave him strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, which is called the mountain of God. We're going to key on that one today, the mountain of God. Let's pray. God, as we look into your scriptures today, would you just help us in all of our gatherings in, in this city, in our state, in our region, even in other countries today where they are watching together. Would your spirit speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. A lot of people don't know that uh, my wife, Laura, is a master diver. It's very, most people don't know that. Dumpster diver. She... <laughs> She's a master dumpster diver. She is so good at it. And what she will do is she will tell me, hey, I'm going on a walk. And she ain't going on no walk. She's going treasure hunting, or I would call trash hunting, because she goes out and she's, I've been on these walks with her. And when she's walking, she's constantly looking at the, especially on trash day. She loves trash day. And that's her big walk days that are a lot longer. And she's looking and she's always seeing uh, trash. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, she's seeing treasure. And, and, and the pattern goes like this. She, she finds the, the, the treasure and she brings it home. She puts it in the garage where it sits, and it sits, and it sits. And then the pattern is, I take her treasure, and I put it in my truck, and I take it to the thrift store. <laughs> and the reason I do that is because her treasure is too big for our trash, and if I put it out by the curb, they're going to charge me for the treasure that she found, so I got to haul it off to the thrift store. So I did this a couple weeks ago. I ended up at a thrift store with a bunch of her treasures. And uh, so this guy's helping me unload it at the, at the thrift store. Cracked me up his name. On his name badge, it said Michael Jackson. And I was like, what? I was like, we thought you was dead. Evidently not. Uh, he's alive, he's well, and he's working at a thrift store here in Tulsa. Who would have thought? Uh, that actually was not his name. I found out it was not his name. He was just wearing the name tag for fun. We got to talking, and I don't remember how we got around on the conversation, but I found out his son was a gospel singer. I was like, man, that's amazing. And, and we got to talking about church and different things, and I said, hey, so what church do you go to? And he turns to me and he says, oh, I don't go to church. He said, I don't care. I don't care too much for church people. And I looked at him and I said, man, I feel you. I don't like them either. <laughs> I said, man, I, I can't stand them. I mean, they are a pain in the B-U-T-T. -T. <laughs> he, he looks at me and he says, well, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a preacher. <laughs> and we both just started laughing and, and we were having a great time. And then the conversation turned. And he said, would you pray for me? I said, yeah, well, tell, me, tell me what's going on. He said, I'm going to walk out that door because I'm tired. Now, what you have to know is that this thrift store, it's, they have a rehabilitation program. And I asked him how long he was in the program, and he was two months into a six-month program. And he said, man, preacher, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of the people. I'm tired of the work. I'm tired of the long hours. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm going to walk out that door. And I just looked at him, and I said these words, don't quit when you're tired. And I thought, that will preach right there. Come on, turn to somebody in your neighborhood gathering and tell them, don't quit when you're tired. Don't quit when you're tired. 
I, I, I encouraged them. I said, man, we just make dumb mistakes when we're, when we're tired. And I encouraged them, stay in the program. I said, I'm going to come check on you, and, and, and I want you to stay. And when you complete the program, you and I, Mr. Michael Jackson, <laughs> are going to go to dinner, and we're going to celebrate you graduating from the program. He said, all right. All right, I'll do it. I don't know what door you're getting ready to walk out of. I don't know where you're tired. Maybe you're getting ready to walk out on a relationship, a marriage, or, or, or a, uh, maybe you're engaged, or maybe you, you've been dating somebody a long time. You're just tired of that relationship, and it's not working the way in which you want it to work. Maybe you're tired of your kids, and you just want to give up on your kids, and you'll walk out that door. Maybe you're tired of your parents because they're driving you crazy, and, and, and you're not getting along, and you just want I'm going to walk out that door. Maybe you're, you're, you're tired of your job, and you're like, I'm not going back Monday. I'm done. It's over. Maybe you got a dream that God has birthed in you and it's not coming about and you're tired and you say, I'm going to give up. I'm going to walk away from it. Can, can I tell you this today that relief, relief isn't waiting on the other side of the door. You, you think it is, but it's not because, listen, whatever is in you, you are going to take with you. Oh, I haven't even started preaching and that is probably the best thing I said all day. And we'll say, whatever's in you, you're going to take with you. You got bitterness in you, you go walk out that door, you're going to take it with you. Anger in you, you go walk out that door, you're going to take it with you. You got frustration, you got hurt in you, you're going to take it with you. Don't quit when you're tired. Write that down. Don't quit when you're tired tired. Elijah is tired and he's ready to quit and he's afraid. He flees for his life and then he left his servant behind and we read these words in verse 4. It says this, then he, say it with me, he what? He went on alone. He went on alone into the wilderness traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. Anybody been there? Anybody? Maybe you're there right now. Elijah, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, he is exhausted and he's, he's wandering. We all wander at times. We all get frustrated. We all get angry. We all get tired. There's all of us together. You're not alone in that. We all have these times like Elijah where we wander, but we make horrible decisions when we're wandering and we're tired. Laura and I, we just recently moved, packed up 19 years of a house into boxes, which sounds fun at first. Like, oh, goodness, we're going to move to a new home. It's a new, new beginning. It's a new adventure. Wee! And then you got to pack. <laughs> and, and when you start packing, you're like, you're so careful. You know, marking boxes, fragile, putting the newspaper around it, getting the bubble wrap and putting it all right in dining room, den, third bedroom upstairs on the left. And then you get to the point where it's like they're multiplying. You get exhausted where you can't take. At one point, I was so exhausted from packing, I was climbing up the stairs, and I just collapsed on the stairs and laid down on the stairs. And Laura saw me. She's like, no! <laughs> like, I was exhausted. You, 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 when you're exhausted, you, have you ever packed up everything? I mean, it's, by the end, you're just cramming stuff in boxes. You don't got no bubble wrap. You don't care if it makes it or not. You're not watching Fragile on a box. You're just putting M-I-S-C, period. Miscellaneous, we'll figure it out later. You're giving stuff away. You're like, we don't need this big fridge. Not going to fit. Going to give it away. You got family heirlooms. You're like, that belonged to my great-grandma. Doesn't matter. We're not going to have it anymore. You got kids. You're giving kids away. Here, take my kid. I can't. Because <laughs> you, you make 
bad decisions when you're tired. And the enemy, he does not come at you when you are at full strength. He waits till you're tired. And, and, and if you're not in a neighborhood gathering, listen to this, like Elijah, he comes to you when you're, when you're alone, when you're by yourself. This was perhaps, I think, Elijah's biggest mistake was he left his servant behind and he went on alone. No one to encourage him, no one to support him, no one to help him, no one to be there when he was having these depressive, suicidal thoughts. Nobody there to talk him out of that. When, when we're tired, what do we do? We push people away, don't we? I mean, what do we say? We say, leave me alone. Yeah, we push people away and when, when we, we should be pressing in. I, I want to encourage you today, man, don't wander through your wilderness alone. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't wander alone. Don't wander alone. You've got to press into people, not push them away. You've got to press into a neighborhood gathering. If you're not in a neighborhood gathering, I'm telling you, press into one. Get in one. Now is the time. Don't be waiting. Don't be sitting on that couch. Don't be in that apartment by yourself in that dorm room. Find some people. Get together. Get into a core group. Get around people. Come join us at our in-person gatherings. Don't wander in the wilderness alone. You need to get around people that will provide you strength and encouragement and support, people who will be there when you're down to lift you up, and you can't do that alone. Don't wander alone. Verse 5 says, Then Elijah lay down, and he slept under the broom tree. Now, the real, he's not taking a nap here. The, the correct interpretation here would be basically that he's collapsed. He collapses under the broom tree. But say this with me. But as he was sleeping, this is such good news. If you're tired, this is good news for you today. An angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. While Elijah was sleeping, God was working. Come on, turn to somebody and encourage them right now. Say, while you're sleeping, God's working. While you're sleeping, God is working. And think about this, like the angel Emerald shows up on there. And man, just spicing and dicing and, man, and preparing. And Elijah's sound asleep and he wakes up to the smell of bacon. Man, bacon will get you to arise, won't it? I mean, this, this is what God has done in this moment for Elijah. Man, I, I remember on, on, on moving day. When we were, there was the day to move and I had, I had calculated the amount of space that we needed if you've ever moved, you know how hard that is. You know, you're like, you look at all your stuff. I'm like, we got 19 years of stuff. <laughs> Trying to figure out <laughs> what size do I need here. So I rented these pods, and I, and I got all of them, and we got them all loaded up. I miscalculated. <laughs> we, had, we still had stuff left over. And it was stuff that we needed, stuff we wanted, and I was so honestly after all the packing and all the loading, I was exhausted. I was so frustrated in that moment because I had nowhere for the stuff. And we're standing in the, in the garage, and my son Jeremiah, he just casually mentions this, says, hey, Dad, um, when did you get the new attic door? And when he said that, I went, oh, the attic. <laughs> I forgot about the attic. 
Not only did I have stuff out on the lawn, I had more stuff up in the attic. And at this point, I'm just, I'm done. And somebody mentions to me that uh, Curtis Neal, some of you know Curtis. Curtis said, hey, Curtis has got a trailer. And he mentioned something about a trailer. And I was like, oh, I got I to call him. And I call him up on the phone. I'm like, hey, Curtis, man, I, I, I think I'm going to need that, that trailer. And he goes, I said, do you think you could bring it? And he said, I'm already on my way. Even before I called him, he was already on his way. I'm telling you, when he got out of that truck, I looked at Curtis Neal, and I swear to you, he had wings, he had a harp, he was wearing a toga, he had a little glow around him. I was like, wow, look at you, Curtis. You never looked so good in all my life. I said, even before you ask, God is on the way. God is on the way even before you're asked. He knows you're worn down. He knows you're frustrated. He knows you cannot go on any further. Jesus is fasting in the wilderness. We see this with Jesus. He, was, he went and fasted in the wilderness for 40 days, like Elijah, 40 days in the wilderness. And he was both God and man. And so as a man, he grew physically tired. And that's when the enemy came to him. The enemy came, but because he was God, he was able to overcome that. But because he was man, he was physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted. And I love the end of that story. Because at the end of that story, it says that angels came and ministered to Jesus and strengthened him. When you are at the end, God is coming. He's already on the way. He's coming with strength. He's coming with power. He wants to send angels to minister to you. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't quit when you're tired. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't quit. Don't quit. So verse 8. He gets up, he eats, he drinks. Food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. Say this with me because this is key. The mountain of God. Now, when I studied this, I, I have known this, my, I have not, I've known this story my entire life, but I did not know this about this story. When I was studying it, I, I found that the, the journey to Mount Sinai should have only taken him 4 to 14 days, not, not 40 days. So why did it take Elijah 40 days? There might be, I think there might be a lot of different reasons, but I think one of the reasons is because he was wandering. He was confused. He was tired. He was disappointed. He was, he was struggling, and, and, and Scripture says he was, he was afraid. Write this down. Wandering leaves me wondering. Wandering leaves me wondering. Wondering. Am I going to make it? Wondering. Do I have what it takes? Wondering if it's really over and wondering, is it really worth the effort? Wondering, is this going to be the, wondering, is God even with me? Wandering leaves you wandering. And for, for Elijah, the mountain of God Mount Sinai, it was right there. Like he could see it from the wilderness. He could see the mountain of, of God. Like he could see this. And at the mountain of God, he could see where the, the, he knew the stories. He knew what had happened on that mountain. He, he knew about the presence of God on that mountain. That with the, When the Israelites came to the mountain after the Red Sea, that God's presence fell like fire on that mountain. He knew the stories. That's where Moses went to meet with God. He knew Moses is where he got the Ten Commandments. That's where the, God spoke to him through the, through the burning bush. He knew that was the place he needed to be. And, 
And on that mountain was the wonder of God, was the presence of God, the power of God, the kindness of God, the the compassion, the mercy, the grace, the blessing of God was waiting for Elijah on that mountain. I, I like what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 68, 35. He said, the God of Israel gives what? Say it with me, power and strength to his people. But you gotta get up. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you gotta get up. You gotta get up and you gotta move to the mountain of God. You gotta move into his presence because it's, it's in his presence that you're gonna find strength and you're gonna find power. Listen, everybody needs a Mount Sinai. You, you don't have to go find a mountain somewhere, but do you have a place where you can be alone in the presence of God? Do do you have a place carved out where you can get into the word of God? Do you have a place every day where this is where I go, this is where I meet with God, this is where I talk with God? Maybe it's you're walking somewhere, maybe you're sitting somewhere. I don't know where that place is, but if you don't have a Mount Sinai, you need to find one. I can tell you where mine is. It's the kitchen table every morning, 5 a.m. That's my Mount Sinai. And I am there every day. Why? Because I need the power and I need the strength of God every day. His power and his strength is waiting on you. But instead of embracing the wonder of God, Elijah chooses to just wander. Like he could have been in God's presence for those 40 days, enjoying the the relational aspect of that, the power of that being renewed and strengthened during those 40 days, but instead he he chose to wander and he chose to wander alone. We all wander alone. We all do it. We all have these moments of wandering. Come on, turn to somebody and say again, don't wander alone. Don't wander alone. I want to encourage you, man, if you're not in a neighborhood gathering, get into a neighborhood gathering. If you're not in a core group, get in a core group. We can help you do that. At the end today, I'll tell you how you can get into a core group today, how you can get into a neighborhood gathering today. I I just want to encourage you, you got to move out of your wandering. Now, the truth is, you may not be wandering. Today, you're listening to this whole message, you're like, Brad, I'm good, man, I'm not, I'm I'm actually, me and God, we're really strong right now. Things are really good. Listen, but things aren't good for someone else. Someone else is tired. Somebody needs you. Come on, in your neighborhood gathering, turn to somebody and tell them, I need you. I need you, my friend. I need you. This is why I am imploring you to get off that couch, to get off that back porch, to get off that treadmill, to to, to move towards people. Brad, we could do church. I can just do this right here. This is so easy, so convenient. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I'm still getting fed the word of God. Yes, you are, but you're missing the point of what the church is. The church is the people of God, and we come together to strengthen, to encourage, and to support, and to help one another. You are missed, and you are needed, and God's saying, move off of that couch. Move out of isolation. Stop hanging out alone. Get back around God's people, and it's not just for you, but it's for somebody who needs you. So even in Elijah's wandering, I love this, God was just merciful. He could have just let him fry there in the wilderness, but he didn't. He provided a broom tree. How cool is that? Now, I have read this hundreds of times, but I, I had no idea what a broom tree was. I, I didn't know what a broom tree was, and so I looked it up, and 
this is a broom tree. <laughs> I, who would have thought? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, oh, so that's where brooms come from. I didn't even know that. Okay, no, that, obviously that's not a broom tree. That was just too easy. This is an actual broom tree. Here's what a broom tree looks like. A broom tree is in the middle of the wilderness. It just pops up out of nowhere. It's such an image of who God is. Man, God provides shelter, comfort, protection, mercy under the broom tree. Man, we got to look out for those who are wandering. We got to go and find them. We got, it may, maybe somebody today, you need to call them and text them. Maybe you need to go sit with somebody underneath their broom tree and help them today. You may be wandering today. What I want you to know is this, that God is kind. He is merciful, and he will provide a broom tree. There will be a broom tree for you waiting in the middle of that wilderness. So Elijah, he arrives at the mountain, and it was on that mountain that he experienced the, the wonder of God. He experienced the presence and the, and, and the power of God. And, and it, it was on that mountain, if you read later in the scriptures, you'll see it was on that mountain that his passion and his zeal was renewed. It wasn't renewed in the wandering of the wilderness, but when he got to the mountain of God and the presence and power of God came upon him, it was renewed, his passion, his zeal, his strength. God renewed dreams and visions. I mean, God came to him on the mountain and said, Elijah, I'm not done with you. Elijah, I, you're, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to uh, anoint kings and prophets. God has visions. He has dreams for you. He wants to renew your strength, but he can't do that when you're wandering in the wilderness. you got to get up and you got to move to the presence of God. Get into his presence. Get around God's people. Find your Mount Sinai. Get in the word. Get on your face before God. Seek him every day. Get around God's people. Learn to trust people. This is the hardest thing for so many of us. It's just to trust somebody. Man, if you're in a neighborhood gathering, I want to encourage you when we're done today. We can wander even in our neighborhood gathering. We can wander even in our core groups because we're not open. We're not honest with people. I want to encourage you to take a step. Start trusting some people with your story. And just be open and say, hey, I'm uh, wandering a little bit and um, I'm struggling. I can tell you that is really hard to do. I've got a group of guys I get with. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard for me to do that. But when I do that, because what happens is you become vulnerable. And, and I know when I do that, I think, well, they're going to think less of me. And they're going to think I don't have my act together. And they're going to think that I'm, I'm weak and that, I don't, that, that I'm not going to make it. And that, that, man, who all these thoughts that come to me from the enemy because the enemy wants me to be alone. The enemy wants you in isolation right now. God doesn't want you in isolation right now, but the enemy does. And God's saying, I want you to move out of that. And I want you to move into my presence and move into the presence of God's people. I want to encourage you that even in your wandering, maybe today you're wandering, even in your wandering, keep moving to the wonder of God. Encourage somebody right now, wherever you are, just turn to them and say, keep moving to the wonder of God. Keep moving to the wonder of God. Don't quit when you're tired.